When I, I worked at Vietnam Television, we report mostly with the achievements, with the progress that Vietnam um, was done. And we believe that that is a part of the socialism building. You know, uh, that is a building the country after the war. At that time, um, a lot of Vietnamese people uh, left Vietnam on boat. Our function as a journalist, we should do a report to prevent people from leaving the country. Like I never asked them the difficulties, the, their life. I guess that now, when we you look back, we miss out maybe uh, half of the story about their life, their, their feeling, how they live in, in the country. Heng Din is a journalist whose career started in a peculiar world, the 1980s socialist Vietnam. But one day, almost by chance, she discovered another world with other ways to practice journalism. And when she came back home, she was determined to implement what she had just learned in the Vietnamese media. My name is Camille Diao, and I am also a journalist. For the past few months, I got to talk with reporters, podcasters, news anchors, bloggers, and other actors of the media industry around the world. I listened to them at length. They told me about their backgrounds, their inspirations, their battles. I asked them a lot of questions, and one thing leading to another, between these men and women from all over the world, I started to see the connections, shared beliefs, ideas, courage, passion. I spoke to 10 different people. They come from Vietnam, Egypt, Myanmar, and Lebanon, amongst other places. In this podcast series, I want you to hear their voices. You're listening to Correspondance, the podcast of the newsmakers, episode 3, Heng Din. Well, over the past few days, we've been monitoring social media. And in this very democratic. Correspondance, the podcast of the newsmakers. When I first contacted Heng Din, I was told in advance, you are going to speak to a famous journalist. She was one of the faces of VTV, the national Vietnamese television, for about 15 years. But it's been more than 15 years now that Heng Din has left the TV studios to dedicate herself to teaching. Today, she is a professor at the university in Hanoi, and she also teaches as a volunteer at the Media Training Center of the Vietnamese Journalist Association. It took her several weeks to find a slot for this interview, but I don't blame her. She told me how her daughter often tells her, Mom, you're working too much. You don't have any time for yourself. 
Hanged in, just as many journalists that you will listen to in this series, lives for her vocation. She puts all of her time, all of her energy in it. But let's rewind a little. 1965, when the United States Army starts bombing Vietnam, little Hang Din and her family are displaced from Hanoi to the countryside. The six children in the family do not always have enough to eat. For years, life is made up of emergency sirens, bombings, evacuations. In 1975, war is over. North the country is reunited and becomes the Socialist Republic of Vietnam. Hang Din has just finished high school, returns to Hanoi and starts university. Growing up during the war, you know, when we saw the news and uh, also the radio, listen to the radio, to become a journalist um, was something that I often admire. And when we finished high school, we uh, came back to Hanoi and uh, went to university. At that time in, in Vietnam, the journalism was not a sort of like a, the a profession or career. It was a school for you to do that. So I went to do uh, the Russian language and Russian literature. And with that sort of like a skill and knowledge about Russian language, I was able to get into uh, Vietnam television um, because uh, at that time in the early Uh, 1980s, um, the Vietnam television, they received the feed from uh, Soviet Union, Russian television. At that time, Soviet Union television was the first international TV feed went to Vietnam. So um, they recruited me to be like um, edit the news from Soviet Union television channels to broadcast for Vietnamese. And I must say that uh, it was uh, a revolution in the way that we um, made a television program. Uh, and I just try to learn from what the uh, Soviet Union journalists did. In the early 1980s, I must say that um, at that time, the Vietnamese media uh, was not as developed as now. After the war finished in 75, in the north of Vietnam, 
we sort of started um, understanding that there was some kind of box that the, you could hear, you could see the image. Before that, we didn't know. The television only started. So um, at that time, there's uh, only one channel. We broadcast only four or five hours per day. Everything is uh, from uh, the official media newspaper. When I, I worked at Vietnam Television, we report on the achievements uh, in the different areas like uh, uh, politics, economics, uh, technology. So w what we did is that we always um, covered mostly with the achievements, with the progress that Vietnam um, was done. So we're talking about, uh, say, like uh, with the farmers, how how good they were so with these uh, crops or the um, company, um, how good they were uh, this uh, year compared with the last year. It's sort of like uh, no one told us that you shouldn't do this and we believe that that is a part of the socialism building, you know, uh, that is a building the country after the war. Brothers, don't you see how many innocent people are being killed? Sir, that witch is demoralizing our men. Uh, a year ago, she'd have been shot for this, but now the army desperately needs the sympathy of the people. They buried my husband alive in the very earth that he had farmed. And I was jailed for three years with no proof of guilt. Was it a crime to tell my people how to improve their crops, how to learn and work together? Yes, that's why they arrested me. They also jailed my little son. At that time, um, you know, uh, a lot of Vietnamese people uh, left Vietnam on boat. They were very poor. There was economic recession in the mid-80s. There was not enough rice. Uh, we didn't have uh, even the cloth was not enough. Like uh, uh, every family was given a coupon Every month, each person had uh, 13 kilos of rice, and maybe 200 grams of uh, pork meat, and we follow that. So, again, uh, it was a difficult. La terre a quelques encablures. Après 40 jours de voyage, Ofokyang et ses 226 compagnons découvrent enfin les côtes de France et dont ils attendent tout. Ofokyang et sa famille s'embarquent sur un boat people. Coup de chance, après 5 jours et 5 nuits aérés au gré des courants, ils ont été repêchés par un navire de la marine française. 
À bord, il a fallu s'entasser les uns contre les autres. Dans cet ancien car ferry, rien n'était prévu pour le confort des passagers. Pourtant, pas un seul instant, Ophokyang n'a regretté ce qu'il avait quitté. Je laisse tout au Vietnam. La liberté, c'est le plus important dans notre vie. La liberté, Ophokyang en connaît le prix. Il a passé six ans en camp de rééducation et trois ans en prison. Avant la chute de Saigon, il était professeur de français dans l'armée vietnamienne, ce qui lui a permis de servir d'interprète sur le bateau. Mais aujourd'hui, comme tous ses compagnons, il sait que le voyage est terminé et qu'il va falloir tout recommencer. So with my career as a, a TV reporter, in the early 90s, I was a presenter of the current affairs program. It was a weekly. So as I say that um, because um, at the time there was not um, many uh, TV programs, uh, that's why that Uh, our face, when we appear on TV, our face was recognized and remembered. So, you know, whenever you went, we, we went out, people sort of recognized you that, oh, you was from TV, blah, blah, blah. So you feel oh, really, really good about that. Um, but anyway, as a presenter for the different programs until 1999, So since then, the people from my generation, they could still recognize my face. Um, I was very lucky to get uh, the Australian scholarship uh, from the government offered to Vietnamese students. Um, so I, I went to Australia in 1994. Um, so I did my master uh, degree in journalism. Ladies and gentlemen, this information is for family and friends about the arrival of Legend Blue flight 
at TJ966 from Brisbane. This aircraft has now landed in Gatsworth shortly with disembarking through gate lounge number 31. For those guests travelling to Brisbane on TJ977, as soon as the security checks and cleaning of your aircraft have been completed, we will get boarding under, underway shortly as possible. Thank you. I must say that um, it was uh, all different for me. What we was taught in Vietnam is that, um, you know, capitalism is, is uh, exploitation. So sort of we believe that in socialism, people was equal and uh, people was nice to each other, blah, blah, blah. And then when I really went to Australia and lived there from 94 to 96, I thought that that is really nice because um, it's a different. Nobody pay attention on me. Um, you could live on your own. That You don't have to think about what people would think about you. You felt freedom. The way that they wear uh, clothes, a different color, or the, it is a different way of life, you know. In our society, there was not such a such sort of thing. I felt shocked when I uh, watched TV. And um, a journalist asked, interview the prime minister, and he said, Mr. John Howard, what you blah, blah, blah. And sort of like questioning him, the questions, they answer, and they follow the question, and they ask the politicians have to give the answer, the right answer, otherwise they find another way to ask. That is a very impressed me. And I was very happy about that because it, it seemed like a, I would learn journalism in a proper way. Uh, and I must say that I was very interested uh, in, in the courses. I sort of follow the journalists, uh, Australian journalists, to, uh, to the field to, to watch how they report on the story. I watch the Australian programs to know how they do it. And also, I must say that uh, my lecturers at university, they helped me a lot. Um, that two years in Sydney, I learned quite a lot. Tonight, the Yugoslav standoff continues as another deadline passes. The current account deficit well below market expectations and mystery surrounds the death of heart doctor Victor Chang. Good evening, I'm Edward Grieve with a special edition of ABC News brought to you as a result of industrial action by some members of the public sector union. The Yugoslavian... Um, other things I learned from when I first went to Australia is that with television, the station compete each other by the current affairs program. That is something that I um, really wanted to implement for Vietnam television.
So I exchanged with my supervisor. I said that I really want to learn that current affairs program. And so she sent me to have attachment at the ABC, the uh, public broadcaster. The current affairs program called 7.30 report. And I really learned everything. You know, I try to take note of the content program, even the different roles of people who work in the team, uh, how it's set up. And I, I got a lot of help from, from them as well. But then the difficulties is that how I can implement it on Vietnam television. So I also talked to my supervisor about that. And she said to me, uh, you better sell your ideas to your boss at Vietnam Television. And when it becomes his ideas, he might implement it. So I learned from her. I, when I went back to Vietnam at television, I told him, and then he liked the ideas. So he will then set up, uh, and then he told someone to do it. And I was very happy. He used my ideas, what I learned Uh, in in Sydney uh, was uh, passed on and implemented on Vietnam television. say that at the moment, compared with um, when I started at Vietnam Television, the Vietnamese journalism now has improved much more in terms of freedom, in terms of uh, journalism styles, in terms of the role of journalism. In the past, we reported on achievements We thought that that is the way it should be. Uh, but nowadays, journalists understand what is a journalism. Um, that means that they have to monitor, follow uh, the story to see what is wrongdoing. So more negative things um, would be reported in the media. Uh, but at the same time, the companies, the enterprises... The business people, they feed journalists with the press releases or uh, only the news that they wanted to broadcast or publish. And if the journalists sort of recognize or find something going, going wrong with them, they would bribe them or say, okay, uh, give a, a, a big envelope. So that is uh, one of the pressure on uh, journalism in Vietnam. Before, all the media organization was subsidized by the government. But in the last 10 years or, or 15 years now, um, the media are self-funded. And self-funded In the moment that the internet happening, 
social media competing, newspaper circulations gone down, the advertisements um, revenue gone into uh, social media and other channels on the internet. So it, it, I must say it was a very difficult time for the Vietnamese journalism at the moment. However, you know, we, we, we don't stay there in one spot. We want more. And, and I, I think that uh, what I want to see Um, with the Vietnamese journalism is that I want to have discussion. I want the journalists to um, report on the issue that the public interested in that is uh, relevant to people's... And I guess that, that journalism should play the role as uh, questioning, uh, giving the critical... Uh, discussion on the the issue and don't avoid that issue that people really want to know. Um, as a person who went through the war, you know, spend 10 years in the evacuation and also experience the hunger, the cold. Surely we don't want to create any more conflicts and political tension in Vietnam. So that is the quite difficult thing. In one hand, journalism is uh, more critical, it's more fighting. Uh, on the other hand, we don't want to um, make public fight each other, burn the houses, burn the cars, uh, make the chaotic. No, that, that is something that I, I really feel that maybe that is a responsibility of uh, journalists. I don't know. Um, I'm confused. When I finished my PhD in 2003 and I went back to Vietnam in 2004, I was thinking that uh, if I keep my job at Vietnam Television, I might become a manager in the newsroom and sort of doing um, sort of routine work. I thought that maybe if I, I work as a, a lecturer at university, then I would be able to pass on my skill, my knowledge, and also uh, my passion about the role of journalism. So that's why um, sort of overnight I decided that I wanted to work at a journalism school in Hanoi. And I thought that I, I chose the, uh, the right job. 
what I learned from Australia, what I experienced, I think that I really pass on to the students. I'm very happy to see like uh, the first generation of my students, they got the job at Vietnam Television again and also at other TV stations. I felt proud when I watched them. Đại sứ quán Cộng hòa Ireland phối hợp với Sở Ngoại vụ tỉnh Quảng Trị và Giản Renew tổ chức truyền làm ảnh Việt Nam 40 năm của nhấp ảnh gia người Ireland Ian Tullier tại Quảng Trị. I really enjoy this job because it's really sort of like a fulfill my personal ambition how to make the journalism in Vietnam better. And I believe that The better journalism we have, the better media function, uh, the public would be better informed and that would make uh, a better society. I really believe in that. You try your best. You want to see things, you want to see the result of your efforts. But sometimes it happens very slowly and you get frustrated and you you get exhausted there's no time for uh you know to have a rest no time for the family but i think that um if i went back to 18 or 20 again i i might choose the same path you know choose the same job i would um maybe believe in the same way and do the same thing again i am a enthusiastic person I'm uh, always believe that if you keep pursuing something, then it will happen. Maybe it's slowly, but it will happen. Resilience. That's the first word that came to my mind after I came off the phone with Hang Din. Today, the former journalist who turned professor is also writing textbooks for the use of the next generation. And she dreams of writing a book about her childhood someday. But that will have to wait until after the many battles she still needs to fight. Over the years, Hang Din has seen the Vietnamese society open and transform. She has seen the media follow the movement despite the resistance of the old world and the challenges of the new. Her story is the one of a journalist who was born in a peculiar world and who, since then, has been fighting every day to build the next one. Correspondance is a podcast series brought to you by CFI, the French media development agency. In the next episode, you will hear the story of a Yemeni fixer turned into a TV producer. Ahmed Baida's life is dedicated to shed light on the Yemeni humanitarian crisis. See you then.